0: This is episode 200, Breaking Out of the Pattern of Not Enoughness with Sarah. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to our 200th episode. Oh my gosh, we've actually done 400 episodes, but I don't number the Coach's Corner episodes. So that means we've done 200 coaching call episodes. Wow. (laughs) I can't believe that. Thank you to all 200 of you who have shared so vulnerably and so courageously. Thank you to all you listening. I hope to do 2 million of these. I'm just going to keep Going and going and going. And if you have any recommendations on topics you'd like me to cover or suggestions for the show, I always love to hear that because I'm always here to make the show even better for you. I want to serve you as much as I possibly can. So if you have any feedback or if you want to get on the wait list to be coached on the show, maybe you want to be the 205th episode, then email assist at christinehassler.com and Kim will take good care of you. So I have just returned from a beautiful trip with Stefanos. We went to Barcelona and to Mallorca, where I got to see a good friend of mine, and Geneva, which is a beautiful city, but boy, was it hot there, and Glastonbury. And it was just amazing to be out in the world. And traveling is something that really humbles me in the sense that, you know, I think when we're in our day-to-day routine, we can get a little narcissistic. We can think that we're overly important and each one of us is important. And you know, I massively believe in self-love and believing that we're amazing. But I think that we can lean into being a little too focused on our own life and too... Overwhelmed or annoyed or frustrated by the little things that really don't matter, or get too caught up in what's going on on Instagram. And traveling, especially to different parts of the world, reminds me of what a speck of sand I am. You know, there's so many people in the world. And it also re inspires me in terms of, wow, there are so many people in the world. How can I connect with and, and serve as many people as I possibly can? When I travel to, I also open up to different energies and when I go to different vortexes like Glastonbury, Glastonbury's in England and it's where Avalon is. And for any of you that want to go down the rabbit hole of research, because I'm not going to go into it here, just Google Glastonbury. You can learn a lot about that. But when I'm in places that have a very high vibration, that have a lot of history, without even meaning to, I definitely tune into that. And one thing that really, really hit me when I was in Glastonbury, especially when I went into something called the Goddess Temple, was the suffering of humanity, but particularly women. Glastonbury and the Isle of Avalon was home to priestesses and home to where the women were... I don't want to say the leaders or the rulers, but the goddess was revered. And women were honored for their wisdom, their magical abilities, their ability to create life. And over time, as you know, women have really been disempowered. And I feel so blessed to be living in a time where women are coming back into their power and are helping men come into their healthy masculine. And P.S. if you missed the Coach's Corner that Stefanos and I did about masculinity last Saturday, you're going to want to check that out. But it's just beautiful to be living in this time. And when I was in Glastonbury, I really tapped into just the suffering and the pain that women have went through for so, so, so many years. And I started to think about how that's impacted us and feel into it. And I just started sobbing (laughs) because sometimes when you tap into, not sometimes, when you tap into, when any of us tap into the collective and actually feel the pain of lifetimes, generations, whatever, it can be overwhelming. Luckily, I have the awareness and the tools and Stephanos was there with me just to, to feel it and let it be. And I really asked, you know, what, how can I how can I, what do I need to do here? Like what's here for me to see? And the guidance I got was to see how the collective disempowerment of women over massive centuries has affected mothering, both in terms of the way we give birth and the, the business of giving birth and, and how just this beautiful process of birth has been, in a lot of ways, has been disempowering or disempowered to just because women have been so wounded for so many years and disconnected from their power, how that affects mothering. And those of you that listen to the show regularly know that so much of what we talk about is core wounding. And so many of you have had painful experiences with one or both parents, but particularly mothers. And the mother-daughter wound wound is a pretty big one because it's the woman-to-woman wound. In in a lot of ways, it's the sister wound, but just through mother and daughter. And so I'm still processing all this, and I don't know quite yet how this will impact my work or what I create for you all because this is something I'm still processing, but really having so, so, so much compassion for all the mothers in the world. And how because women have been disempowered and have been collect, have been disconnected from our wisdom, our womb wisdom, our wisdom, our magic, our love for so long that it's impacted the way that we've mothered over time. So I hope that that can maybe give you a little more compassion for your own mother, knowing that she didn't have access to the tools that maybe you do. She didn't have access to the tools that women should have access to. And I hope it also, for those of you who are mothers out there who may judge yourself, I hope that gives you some compassion as well. And just know that we're living in a time where we're in the remembrance of the feminine and we're learning, again, how to be mothered and be mothers and how to mother the world. And that doesn't mean taking on the world. doesn't mean going into kind of that shadow mothering aspect of where you're a martyr and you give yourself up to take care of others. But really, how do we love and nurture others and the world in a way that helps ourselves and others thrive. And that brings me to my coaching call with Sarah. She had a mother who was disempowered. She had a mother who was more in the blame, complained, victimized, was hard on her, wasn't really available to love her in the way that she needed to be loved and to meet her needs in the way that her needs needed to be met. When I was in the goddess temple having this emotional <laughs> breakdown, not breakdown, breakthrough, a woman and her seven-year-old daughter came into the temple. And that just made me cry even more because I had the awareness of how beautiful that was, that this mother was bringing her daughter into the temple. And I thought, wow, if only more mothers were bringing their daughters into goddess temples. Like, imagine how that would start shifting things. So Sarah is maybe like you. She has a soul contract that she's here how to learn how to parent herself, She picked parents that really didn't know how to meet her needs and really didn't know how to love her in the way that she needed to be loved. And how that's impacting her life is that she's not fulfilled and she's unable to meet her own needs in the way that she needs to. So as you're listening to this call, consider, are you in a place in your life where you're just having a massive expectation hangover? Work isn't what you want. Relationships aren't what you want. Your body isn't what you want. You just are feeling unfulfilled. How are you at meeting your own needs? Do you not meet your own needs well? Do you sometimes go without eating or really slack off on your self-care? Did you have parents that really didn't see you and who really didn't know how to meet your needs? And finally, do you struggle with not enoughness and feeling like you just don't deserve everything that you dream of? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Sarah. Before we dive in, speaking about the feminine, let's talk about feminine care. You've probably heard me talk about Lola. It's a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, and liners, and all natural cleansing products. Unlike other major brands, Lola's products are 100% natural and easy to feel good about, no BS, no mystery fibers or doubts about what's going in your body. Plus, and I love this, Lola has a simple, customizable subscription. So Lola will deliver exactly what you need, exactly when you need it. This is something I take advantage of. It's one of those things I forget every month. So having my subscription and having it just show up saves me a last minute trip to the drugstore and i really love lola because they're transparent about the ingredients you know you got to think especially with tampons like you're putting this in your body in one of your most vital spots and the fda doesn't make major brands disclose what's in their feminine care products so don't you want to know what's going up there and remember lola was founded by women for women and They do good with your purchase. For every purchase, Lola donates feminine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S. I love this brand. I love Lola. And I love that they offer ways to tailor your subscription to perfectly fit your needs. So here is your call to action for 40% off. That's 40%. That's a big deal. Off your subscription, visit mylola.com and enter promo code over it when you subscribe. Again, 40% off your subscription visit mylola.com and enter promo code over it. Oh, and one more thing before we dive in, when I was recording this call with Sarah, I forgot to turn off my fountain. (laughs) I was just really in the moment. I had my headphones on. So you kind of hear a little water running in the background. It's not a running toilet or anything. It's it's, it's my fountain. You may hear my wind chimes a few times. So you kind of have an inside look into my little Zen den here. All right, everybody, on to my coaching call with Sarah. Welcome to the show. How can I help?
1: So, Christine, I've been probably doing self-development, personal growth work for 5 years. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've tried like every kind of different method out there. EFT, body talk, body code, so many different things, and I feel like I've gained so many like insights. And I know like I have noticed like small changes, but I still feel like in my life, if I looked at like my life wheel, there's no like area in my life where I'm like, okay, like I'm happy with that. Health wise, I find my energy is very low. Like I feel tired a lot. Financially, I don't really have any savings. I'm back living at home. I don't have a serious relationship. I'm not really loving where I live. Like I'm in Canada and now it's summer. So it's awesome. But for a good, like, eight months of the year, it's not so awesome. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, just work. I'm not, like, I'm not in my career. Just all the things, kind of. Okay. So,
0: basically, nothing in your life is where you want it to be? No. Okay. Yeah. And when you've been doing – so, you've you've listened to the show. You've heard me talk about our come-froms. When you've been going and pursuing the personal development, whether it be EFT or body talk or – the session with me, what, what's your come from? Like, what's your
1: reason for reaching out to any of these things? Well, for a long time I was like really depressed Mm -hmm. and I think I just, I want to just be happy with my life and feel like joyful and just like, okay with where I am. Okay. Like I feel like I'm not like loving my life and I feel like now I'm like 33. I'm like, oh my God, like so much of my life has passed me by and I've not really been present because I've been like, so like unhappy and like wanting things to be different. And now I realize, why I was unhappy and.
0: Well, you're right on track. 33 is a very magical year for most of us. It was the year Christ was crucified and the year Buddha was awakened. And so for many people, 33 is a year where you actually wake up, where you kind of start to take inventory of your life and go, what am I doing? It's sort of where you're through your quarter-life crisis, you're through your Saturn return, and, and I think 33 is when adulthood truly begins. So you're totally normal. You're right on track. You're very young. You've got a lot of life ahead of you. But I want to talk a little bit about the depression. You said for a long time you were depressed. When was that, and and what was the catalyst for the depression, if you know?
1: So I think like looking back, like I always was maybe mildly kind of like depressed, like through all through my childhood, like very like shut down Mm -hmm. and closed off and shy. But where I really noticed it flared up and I was like, okay, like I have depression was my very first serious boyfriend. We were like inseparable, crazy about each other. And then he went away to play hockey. So then i felt i guess that's when the abandonment and the worry and the fear and the insecurity all crept in mm-hmm. and yeah so i was depressed while he was away and then i sabotaged that relationship for sure like doing the long distance and then how did you sabotage it i'd just pick fights with him just kind of constantly like testing to see how much yeah. he could like tolerate or how in it he was like sure you tested him yeah yeah
0: so just a question on that the boyfriend what void did he fill in your life
1: well I feel like I've still struggled like I haven't really had like another serious relationship since then Mm -hmm. and that's like 13 years ago (laughs) okay
0: when he came along and you felt so intensely about him so much so that you got depressed when he went away what void did he
1: fill everything. Like I felt like I've realized lately, like he, he met like all my needs. He loved me how I wanted to be loved. He showered me with like so much affection and attention. And so those were things you weren't getting from home from your parents. No, like never. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So tell me about your parents.
1: Um, just like they both have a lot of issues, very lost in their own stuff. Mm hmm. So, and like, I've done so much work around it, but like, even still, like I see myself getting like even emotional, just yeah. talking about it now. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, there's a, there's a lot of suppressed tears in your voice. And I don't just mean now, since we brought that up, but since we started talking, your voice has a, and this isn't a, a criticism at all. It's just an observation coming from love. Your voice has a, I don't know what to call it, a tone to it a feel to it where I feel like this lump in your chest, between your chest and your throat where there's just a lot of tears.
1: Yeah. And like, I, I feel like I've been carrying the sadness around like so long and I'm just like, I feel like I've been trying and trying to like let it go and work on it and dig Mm -hmm. it up, but I don't know. There's a part of me, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, it's really, (laughs) the way through this is to really parent yourself in a healthy way. But based on the little you've told me, it's clear that you didn't have the best role models. So it's it's like you're in a foreign country with all this, and you're using Google Translator to have in-depth conversations. <laughs> it makes it harder. Does that make sense? You haven't had a good role model. So with all the sadness and the depression and, and everything that you've carried around for so long, Sarah you have a lot of tools and I I so acknowledge you for reaching out and doing all the personal development that you've been doing. But what's been missing is just you holding this really safe, nurturing, compassionate space for yourself. Because it feels and sounds to me like there's a lot of self-judgment and a lot of really wanting yourself to be different and to feel different rather than just tremendous compassion and acceptance and with the boyfriend you know you had a soul contract with him he had to go away because otherwise you would have just ended up in a pattern of massively codependent relationships the reason that your your soul is 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 i don't want to say blocking you from relationship but is your soul knows what it's doing by not having you in a relationship because most likely you'd enter into either a relationship where you weren't treated very well. You, you'd be treated like your parents treated you. Or you'd manifest another relationship where that person became your oxygen in a lot of ways and gave you all your needs and you would have gone into codependency.
1: And that's what I felt like when we broke up. Like I felt like I couldn't even breathe. Yeah. yeah. Like wanted to kind of like fade away into nothing. And I really sure. did.
0: Sure. And that's because you felt seen for the first time in your life. And that is, for a human being, that is oxygen. What we need more than anything as humans is to, we could say be loved, but what does that really mean? What it really means is we, we, we need to be seen and understood and know that we're safe to be ourselves. That's how I'd explain what love from another human being truly is is that safety to be seen. And so when that went away, of course it felt like death because he was your mirror in so many ways. So there's all the qualities in him that you love, like everything that he gave you is what you need to embody now because there's a, you know, underneath all of this, we're we're down to a deserving issue. And it's very common when a child doesn't feel like their parents prioritize them. Because if you're, you you know, you told me your parents had a lot of issues, which means they probably, you weren't their priority 100% of the time, and you probably had to figure out a lot on your own. And because of that, it creates a, a feeling like we're not enough. And so that creates a pattern of undeservingness, which even though you may want all these things, and want to live a fulfilled life, some part of you doesn't feel worthy of them, which is why they're not coming in. Does that
1: make oh, sense? Oh yeah, for sure. Like I connect so much to just never feeling like as much as I don't want to feel that way. I'm like, I still feel that way. I'm like, I know like, yeah. And I feel like that is re- reflected in my life. Like why I don't have like really any of the areas in my life, like where I a bit more fulfilled than they are right yeah. now.
0: Yeah. So you said you've done a lot of work with the parent stuff.
1: What have you done? Journaling, like a lot of journaling, like letters to them, like telling them like how I feel, mm-hmm. some shadow work, like inner child work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, but I feel like maybe I'm just like reliving it or replaying it over and over again, or I'm just scratching the surface only like a little bit, like every time I'm doing it, like I'm not sure.
0: Possibly. I mean, there could be you know some deep pain in there that some part of you is not ready to surface, but what might be helpful based on, you know, the work that you have done, what what might be the missing piece is you really reconnecting to that little girl inside and really mothering her. There's a lot that's up right now for so many people around mothering and so many, you know, most human beings aren't quote unquote qualified to be parents. <laughs> Because we're so many of us are wounded, and so Mm -hmm. our people go and reproduce. And we look to, as a child, we don't know any better, and we look to our parents to be parents. But most of them don't know how to be loving parents to their child because they don't know how to be a loving parent to themselves, and so. I love that you're doing the investigating and the shadow work, but the piece that feels like that's missing is your, like the inner relationship between you and you. And really, you said something key with your boyfriend, like he met all your needs. Really learning, Sarah, like how to meet your own needs in in a loving way, Not, not from panic, not from fear, not from judgment that there's something wrong with me and I've got to do something about it, but really learning how to be aware of your needs and and meet them yourself. And that can mean reaching out to someone. Sometimes I meet my needs completely by myself. Sometimes I know that my need is to reach out to someone that I trust and get support from another person. It doesn't have to be a solo job. However, we don't want to make one person responsible for meeting all our needs. Understand? Understand?
1: Yeah, because when he like went away, like yeah, he was right. like, I lost everything. Yeah.
0: yeah. So when I say to you, it seems like the missing link has to do with just how you're relating to yourself and your inner relationship with yourself and how you're parenting yourself. What comes up for you?
1: I guess that maybe I don't know how. <sighs> Cause yeah, I guess I just don't know how. Like I feel like Yeah. I don't know, like even I know when it comes to like eating, like I, yeah, I don't even take the time to kind of prepare and I'm always like eating on the run and stuff like that. And mm-hmm.
0: is it true that you don't know how, or are you just modeling what you saw from your parents?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm just modeling it after them. Cause my dad was always coming in and like eating on the fly because he was a farmer. So he was never taking the time out like to feed himself either. Mm-hmm. And my mother was always um, an emotional eater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: you're just base again, you're parenting yourself the way you were parented and what you saw witnessed. So what this is, is about like, like slowing down and asking yourself in any moment, like, what do I need? Like, what do I need? What would feel good to me right now? What do I need? And if you slow down enough, your your subconscious, the little girl inside of you, will start to trust that you're actually listening. Because Sarah, as a little girl, I'm going to guess you didn't feel heard. And part of why I feel all this like sadness and constriction in your throat chest area is because I feel like there's so many things that wanted to be spoken, so many questions that wanted to be asked, so many requests that you wanted to make that you just didn't because you knew you'd get
1: rejected. Totally. And like rejection, like, I don't know, I find I take forever to get over rejection.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's a big owie. Cause that's how you felt again. it It's, it's a theme in your life because our souls are always looking to evolve those core wounds. And so the lesson for you in that is to not take those things personally, because even with, So there's, there's two ways you give your power away, right? The giving your power away to someone to meet all your needs. Like you, you gave your power away to your ex-boyfriend as beautiful as that was on some levels, having him meet all your needs disempowered you. And you also give your power away when you allow someone to change the way you feel about yourself when they quote unquote reject you.
1: Yeah. And I do that. Yeah.
0: So what would it look like for you to take your power back?
1: I don't know. Like mentally, like I know, like, you know, like they're not like whenever it happens, like if I, when I get rejected, I'm like, okay, like they're not right. I just have to trust. And like, it's not about me. It's also about them. But then like, I go around feeling like so hurt and so sad and so bummed out about it.
0: Yeah. Well, let's Um, ask a different question. Let's just, just close your eyes for a moment and take a deep breath. And just keep your eyes closed and imagine that your mother and father are standing in front of you. And they're just quiet and they're just, they're listening for the first time ever. And I want you again, just keep your eyes closed. And I'm going to give you a stem sentence. And I just want you to keep filling in the blank over and over and over again. So the stem sentence is, I need. So mom and dad, I need.
1: Should it be phrased in like the positive? Cause I'm like, just, I'm like, to stop judging me.
0: <laughs> what, how, <laughs> so just com- don't edit it. Just whatever comes up. So I need you to stop judging me. How do they judge you?
1: I just find they always kind of look at me like they're almost like afraid of me. Like this mm-hmm. awkward look of like fear and like stunnedness. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Keep going. What else I need? Um, I need to feel loved. I need to feel accepted. What else mm, I think I need to be left to do my own thing too. Like I think they were kind of, I don't know, put an agenda on me maybe, or put put me into a role I didn't want. Mm-hmm. So I need to express myself authentically.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Mom and Dad, I need from you. What do you need from them?
1: Acceptance. Mm -hmm. to like love me to like hold me to hug me hold me Mm -hmm. so reassure you yeah Mm -hmm. what else I don't know I'm just getting to let me be myself like I feel like I don't know like a lot of just like a lot of their stuff was projected on me and like I took it on and it was just like never a part of me Exactly. And I've just been, like, carrying it, and I don't want to carry it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like what? Just a lot of their, um, like, my mom is a real big blamer and complainer. Mm-hmm. Um, Very caught up in a victim, like, mentality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they believe, they really strongly believe they have shitty luck and nothing good happens to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have, like, yeah. Anything else? They both have kind of like tempers, like mm-hmm. a lot of stored like rage and frustration, and I also see that in myself too.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I just feel overwhelmed by all the stuff that they put on me. Mhm. Mhm. What did they put on
0: you, Sarah? What was the main thing they put on you? The main belief system that you believe they imposed upon you?
1: I kind of think maybe that I'm not enough as, as I am. Like my mom always like wanted me to have a boyfriend and I don't know. I just was, yeah, I never had any positive like feedback ever.
0: Yeah. So there you go. I am not enough. And this goes to the undeservingness and this goes to how you relate to yourself. So shifting gears for a moment on a soul level, why did you pick these parents? What are you here to learn? If we learn through contrast, what are you here to learn?
1: That I do deserve the things that I want and I'm allowed to have them.
0: Well, yeah, I am enough.
1: And I am deserving. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's not just of the things. It's everything that you said, to be loved, accepted, express myself authentically, to be held, to be told it's okay, to let me be myself. And that's, you know, you can kind of pick apart at the issues for, for years, but really what's going to shift this more than anything is for you to start doing that internally with yourself. For you to start really, really being super intentional, and consistent about giving yourself what you didn't get. And when you notice you're not doing that, saying stop, I forgive myself for going back into old patterns, I'm worthy of my own love. I'm going to do this differently. I would also suggest writing a letter to them, giving back all the things that you feel were put on you and doing some kind of ritual or ceremonial process of really like letting that go and handing it back to them. Not with anger and resentment or blame, but with love because you did pick them. And you're, you know, kind of a bigger picture. You're a light worker. You're here to break generational patterns that have been there for a long time. I guarantee you that Your mom wasn't the first in her family to blame, complain, and be a victim. And your dad wasn't the first in his family to have tempers and rage and frustration. And you are the Hmm. one that came in. You signed the soul contract. A lot of us (laughs) kind of wish we read the fine print on these soul contracts, but you signed the soul contract. It's like, okay, I'm willing to come into this dynamic with these two people and do it differently. So even though your human self thinks you don't know how because you didn't have role models... Your higher self, your soul, absolutely does. Otherwise, you and I would not be on this phone call right now. But there's going to have to be a point, Sarah, where you make the conscious choice to like, get out of the comfort zone of the way you currently are with yourself, which is getting frustrated with yourself, getting overwhelmed, getting judgmental, maybe blaming or complaining others, feeling like a victim,
1: so on and so forth.
0: So what's coming up for you as I'm saying all this?
1: Um, I don't know. Maybe this sounds silly, but like if I knew how to do it, wouldn't I be doing it?
0: (laughs) Well, not necessarily, not necessarily. And the reason why is because this old way of being is how you've survived up to this point. So it's not like we just flip a switch and change. It's, it happens over time but we make the conscious choice to start to, s- to shift it. So your current operating system of feeling depressed, of feeling not enough, all of that is the, the operating system that's kept you alive up until now. And so to just, you know, overnight switch it is going to scare some part of you. And it is a remembering process. I mean, this way of being that I'm talking about is, it's encoded in each and every one of us. Every human being at our essence is love. That's like, look at a baby. You don't have to teach a baby how to receive love, how to communicate their needs, (laughs) Uh how to show affection, how to accept themselves. We all know when we come in and then because of wounding, things that happened, it, we forget. So we could say you've forgotten, but it doesn't mean it's not there. And so it's a process of remembering. It's like forgetting where you put something, but eventually you find it. It's not gone. It's not lost. Does that make a little more sense? Yes. Yeah. But you are being called to another level inside yourself. And I think that's why you and I are on the phone today. You, and, you are being called to another way of being with yourself. And you're being asked to shift from approaching personal development from the place of, I've got to fix myself, to really looking at how can I parent myself and love myself? How can I meet my needs in a loving way? Because even if you look at the way you're doing the personal development work, you're meeting a need, but you're also creating pain because it's painful to do all that stuff a lot of the time. Uh And so we've got to bring in a little more nurturing and love and mothering energy. Of like, what would make Sarah feel good right now? Would a cry feel good? Yeah. But let's cry just because we want to cry, not because we need to analyze it. Let's just cry until the energy moves. And while we're crying, tell ourselves, it's okay. Let it out. It's okay. You see the difference?
1: Yes. I'm very analytical. I'm always. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And we want to shift from being analytical to compassionate and accepting. This isn't something you're going to figure out.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what I've been approaching it as, like trying to figure it out.
0: Yes, yes. Well, you have figured it out. You know why you are the way you are. You figured it out. I mean, we could dig and pick more, but in essence, you got it. And there's nothing broken. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing that needs to be fixed. It's you need to give yourself what you didn't get as a child, bottom line. And so less fixing and analyzing and more giving, more loving, more meeting your own needs.
1: Yeah, I like that. Yeah.
0: So what are some things that let's kind of take it as we wrap up here to a practical level? What are some things that you can do to start
1: meeting your own needs? I think feeding myself better. Like I don't think I get enough nutrients and maybe that's why I feel tired a lot of the time too like actually meal planning. Cause I think that's neglecting myself, not taking time to properly feed myself. Beautiful. I love that. What else? I guess just like not beating myself up when things go wrong and blaming myself. Mm-hmm. I do that a lot. Yeah. I'm always blaming.
0: Yeah. So when you notice yourself
1: blaming yourself, what can you do? just use positive self-talk and accept myself and just allow myself to feel how I feel but
0: yeah well first compassion say oh gosh sweetie i'm so sorry you feel like you did something wrong it's okay cuz first we need reassurance so i want yeah, you to, re- to to listen to this call again and write down all those things that you said love acceptance left to express myself authentically being held being hugged telling me it's okay let me be myself. That's your treatment plan. <laughs> okay. So you need to meet, you need to meet these things first with a feeling and then with the, 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 self-talk, but first it needs to be met with that reassurance of like, Oh, I know you feel like you did My something God. wrong. It's okay. It's okay to feel that. It's okay to feel like you messed up. I really get it. Because imagine if you told me, hey, Christine, like, I really feel like I made a massive mistake and I just beating myself up and I went immediately to, no, 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 Sarah, it's fine. You're going to learn from it. No big deal. Notice how that feels versus if I said, oh, Sarah, I, I hear you. I really get that you, you feel like you messed something up. That is a yucky
1: feeling. I have felt that way myself and it sucks, which feels better. The second, because you're not bypassing my feelings. Like you're not just being like, yeah, that happened, moving
0: on. Exactly. So no feeling bypass. Meet your feelings with
1: compassion. Yeah. Like yesterday, I was just like, I feel so sad. I feel so sad to my friend. And I was just like, yeah, resisting it. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So when you feel sad, say, all right, I feel sad. Let's see what the sadness has to say. I'm just going to let myself feel sad. And then it starts to move, but it's, it's greeting it with compassion, not bypassing it and not meeting it with analysis. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Does this give you some things to work with?
1: Yes, for sure.
0: The other thing that I would suggest, and you've probably heard me say this, is getting a picture of your little girl and looking at it every day and starting to talk to her. And starting a daily practice of asking yourself, like, what do I need? Whenever you're triggered, whenever you're feeling like you want to emotionally eat or you want to numb yourself with TV or you're feeling rejected or whatever, ask yourself, what do I need? Make sense?
1: Totally, because I am pretty good at distracting.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 There's nothing wrong here. There's nothing wrong here. You just have a sole assignment of learning how to really parent yourself. And that's what so many of us are bringing back into the world. Because human beings have been suffering for so long, and there hasn't been tools, and women especially have been so disconnected from their power that we've forgotten how to mother in the way that we really need to mother, And if you can see, you know, sometimes this might help you get out of your suffering a little bit. If you can see that this this kind of soul assignment is is part of a bigger plan, like you said yes to help awaken humanity, and you're doing your part, and I really honor you for that. It's not easy. It's not easy to grow up not feeling loved and accepted by your parents. That's a big owie. And so uh-huh. I hope that you can really honor the magnitude of that. And know that you're living in a time where the tools and the resources and the people and the support are out there for you to be able to shift this. But no one can do it for you. It's an inside job. But I know you can do it and
1: I know you deserve it. Thank you.
0: How do you feel now?
1: Really good, like excited and empowered, and I'm excited to start using like these tools that you gave me, and yeah, and bringing us where I needed it.
0: Beautiful. And I think when you listen to the call, you'll notice that your voice changed.
1: Really? That's cool. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's more. There's a resonance in it. There's a peace in it. There's less of the feeling like you're gonna cry sound. And the reason that that's happening is because some part of you feels seen.
1: Well, I think I just feel so nice to just have a little bit more guidance and direction right now. So thank you for giving that to me. You're so
0: welcome. You're so welcome. Thank you for doing the work that you're doing.
1: And thank you. You're awesome. You're really the real <laughs> deal. So great. <laughs> I love thank you.
0: <laughs> thank you so much. So thank you to Sarah for her vulnerability and her honesty. I really appreciated the way she was present, the way she listened, the way she really took in all the information. So we talked a lot in this episode, so there's not too much I want to break down here. One thing that I wanted to highlight was the way that we give away our power. And this ties back to what I was talking about in the beginning of the episode, with how women have been disempowered. And we're not going to take back our power by just getting mad or blaming or anything like that. It's kind of the old way. We take back our power by empowering ourselves and looking at all the ways we give away our power you know, one way that I've given away my power in the past because I've had so many different health things. I've given away my power to like doctors and healers and things like that and run to different medical intuitives or functional or whatever to get answers when really the major lesson for me in taking back my power is to trust my own inner wisdom. And that doesn't mean I don't reach out to people when necessary, but to trust my own inner wisdom first. So think about how you give away your power. Is it with decision making? Is it with not speaking up? Is it being in relationships, whether professional or personal, romantic or friendships, that your needs aren't getting met, that you are not being treated well in, and you continue to stay? Are you giving away your power by not taking care of your physical body? Because that's very disempowering not to be embodied and take away, take, you know, taking care of our physical body. Are you disempowering yourself sexually? Are you giving your body to people or situations that you aren't a full yes to? Are you saying yes when you really mean no or not yet? Really, I want this to land. Where are you giving away your power? And this isn't just for women. This is for my male listeners too. Where are you disempowering yourself? Because the more you give away your power, the more you will feel like other people are disempowering you. And for Sarah, there there were probably more than two ways, but the two ways we discussed that were kind of two sides of the same coin, was giving away her power either in codependence or in in that rejection pattern. So she would give away her power like to her ex-boyfriend in terms of he was the center of her universe, he met all her needs. So because of that, because of that dynamic, she gave away her power to meet her own needs by letting someone else do it all for her. And then the other way she gave her power away was allowing, quote unquote, rejecting situations to influence how she thought about herself. Whenever she was rejected, she would disempower herself by thinking she did something wrong or there was something wrong with her. So do you relate to that? Do you? How are you giving away your power? And then a big thing we talked about were needs. No one really can meet your needs in the way they need to be met until you learn how to do it yourself. You don't have to be perfect at it. I noticed this big time before Stephanos came into my life, and he is amazing at knowing my needs, meeting my needs, and seeing me. But big reason he's amazing at it is because I've been able to tell him <laughs> what my needs are. And I have you know, gotten to a place in my own life before he came in where I got good at meeting my needs. I wasn't perfect. I wasn't perfect. And in a relationship, especially a healthy relationship, there is that balance of meeting your own needs and having someone else meet your needs as well but I knew what my needs were and I knew how to communicate them and articulate them. So he doesn't have to be a mind reader and same with him. And so we're able to meet each other's needs because we know how to meet our own needs. Still always a work in progress, but that, that baseline of being aware of what our core needs, like what needs weren't met by our parents or by friends or by society or whatever, how do we meet them ourselves? And then how do we teach other people to meet them? So for Sarah, this need of feeling loved, accepted, le- left to express herself authentically, be held, be hugged, be reassured and told it's okay, let her be herself. Those are all the needs that she needs to start meeting. And she's sown this pattern of analyzing and doing the work and getting to the core wound. And that's all super helpful, but we've got to put the new programming in place. Everybody, if you just keep processing and just keep figuring out and analyzing, but you don't put new, supportive, uplifting behaviors in place, then you'll just keep defaulting back to the old programming, which is why it's so important for her to do the things we talked about, like when she messes up to forgive herself, to have empathy for herself, to feed herself, to stop blaming herself, to not do the feeling bypass thing, to meet her own needs, and to really, really, really consistently say to herself, I am enough, and I am deserving, and to shift out of the analytical and the fixing into the compassionate. So on the practical level, I want all of you to think about how can you meet your own needs more, by just slowing down. And when you're triggered or when you're overwhelmed or when you're upset, just putting one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly and saying, what do I need? What do I need in this moment? So some takeaways for you. Well, feed yourself, (laughs) not only with good food, but with good thoughts. Stop blaming others or looking to somebody else to come and save you. Empower yourself by taking responsibility for meeting the needs that were not met by your parents or that are not currently being met in your life. Meet any feeling with a feeling. Don't feeling bypass. So when you get triggered or you get upset or you feel ashamed or you feel like you made a mistake, greet it with empathy rather than just bypassing it and giving yourself a little pep talk. Those really don't work. Have a picture of your little girl, little boy nearby check in with her or him regularly ask her or him what do i need all right everybody that is the show for today i hope you enjoyed it thank you so much for listening until next time i'm sending you so much love and many blessings thank you for listening to over at non with it i love hearing from you so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com podcast that's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode